0: Welcome to episode 53 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to figure out whether you like that light filler game more or less than that epic adventure game. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about lists. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Tokyo Highway and Legacy of Dragonhold. Then, we talk about why everyone loves lists, and how a list of favorite games can be a valuable thing for board game content creators to make. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word list. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. Hey, Ambie, guess what this episode is?
1: I think I know! It's our anniversary! Two years! (laughs) Woohoo! I cannot believe... Cannot
0: that it's been two years since we released our first episode. I know. (laughs) We've come we've come a long way. Yeah. Two years. That's crazy. (laughs) I uh I just it's kind of weird and surreal and also really exciting. And we I know people might expect something exciting from this episode, but we we came up with a topic that we really want to discuss. And so hopefully people will like what we've done with this episode. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to tell everybody that it's been two years. We appreciate all of your support, especially those of you who are supporting us on Patreon. And Mm -hmm. we could not have done it without you.
1: And all of the content that we make is for you guys. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. If you're listening to this episode the day or weekend it releases, I will be at Kublicon this weekend, which is a convention in the San Francisco Bay Area. So... Uh, I'm not taking off work on Friday, but I'll be there Friday night and possibly some of Thursday night and Saturday and Sunday and I think Monday? I forget exactly when the convention runs still, but if so, you yeah, see Monday's me... Memorial Day,
0: so I imagine... Yeah, Monday's
1: Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll be there at some point, and if you see me, you can come say hi.
0: Yeah! <laughs>
1: So recently, I played Tokyo Highway, which is a game published in 2016, designed by Naotaka Shimamoto and Yoshiaki Tomioka, published by Iten. It's a two-player dexterity game that I bought in Japan when I was there. And in Tokyo Highway, you're building a highway out of popsicle sticks and wooden cylinder posts, and you're trying to cross over and under your opponent's highway. And when you do that, and you're the first one to or the first stick over or under theirs, then you get to put a car on your highway, and you want to get rid of all your cars to win. It looks really neat um, when you build it. It's like this big building of popsicle sticks yeah, and little cars. All criss-crossing yeah, crisscrossing. Crazy and... it, it, it's a really good picture moment for a game. Yeah, the table presence is super <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> um, I only played it once so far. But it was really fun, and it's also surprisingly strategic in planning ahead to build your highway, because you're trying to cross the other highway in multiple parts at a time to get more cars at a time built, and you also want to make it so it's hard for the opponent to cross it. You you usually have to uh, continue where you left off, so you know what's reachable by yourself and by the opponent, but there's also special junction columns that let you split your highway into two sections, so it gets even more convoluted. (laughs) But... It's really fun and it gets really hard because if you drop the pieces, then you have to give your pieces to your opponent. And if you lose all your pieces, then you also lose the game. So I really enjoyed playing it. And I also thought it was cool because in the rule book, it talks about the history of the Tokyo Metropolitan Expressway, which is what Tokyo Highway, the game, is based off of. And I guess the Tokyo Highway is actually pretty convoluted. So the game is (laughs) thematic in making convoluted highways. (laughs) So this game is pretty difficult to
0: get here in the United States. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I got it in Japan. It was difficult to get in Japan, too. So I found it in uh, Kiwi Games in Osaka. And then I I was looking for another copy for Eric from What's Eric Playing? And I was looking all throughout the stores in Tokyo that I went to, and they were all out of stock. But then I heard that maybe they have a new printing that they were in stock again a couple weeks ago. So... I don't know the status of in stock or out of stock right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that if people in the States want to get a hold of this game, it's generally something you have to get shipped from overseas. Mm-hmm. I know that's doable, but obviously not for everybody. So yeah. uh, I would imagine at some point there's got to be an American publisher that's going to pick this one up and bring it Hopefully. over to the States, yeah. right? Like, it seems too popular to for that to not happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's a quick, fun game, like, I really like it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I've
0: gotten to play it a couple times, and I enjoyed it as well. And yeah, it just looks neat. Like, people walking by can't help but be like, what is that that <laughs> yeah. you're playing right now? <laughs> so that was Tokyo Highway. Mm-hmm. My recently played is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a little while, and I wanted to wait till I was finished with it, and now I am. So Yay. I finally finished Legacy of Dragon which is a game that I wanted to play ever since it was released and somehow didn't get around to like a silly person. Uh, And I finally played it now and finished it. So Legacy of Dragonhold was published in 2017 by Fantasy Flight Games and designed primarily by Nikki Valens. But there are a lot of other designers listed on the BGG page as well. Uh, This game is a combination of kind of like a board game, an RPG and a choose your own adventure book. This is definitely not a game that I feel people should go into with the exclusive goal of wanting to win it. This is an experience in a box. Mm -hmm. So Legacy of Dragonhold is set in the... uh, Fantasy World of Terranoth, which is a world that Fantasy Flight has created a bunch of games in, including one of my favorite games, Runebound. So I'm already familiar with Terranoth as a world, and so when I heard that they were doing this kind of story-based game in that world, I was really excited about it. So in Legacy of Dragonhold, all of the players, from one to six players, create a character based on a bunch of stats. You get to choose your race and class like you would in an RPG, and then you get to choose a bunch of abilities. Uh, And depending on how many abilities you pick determines how much stamina your character has, which is kind of interesting. And then you go on an adventure. There's a whole bunch of books with a bunch of story points in them. And when you read one at the end of it, often it will give you a number of options. And like a choose your own adventure book, you get to pick one of the available options. Some of the options will require that you have a specific skill or a specific item. And if you don't have that skill or item, then you won't be able to select that option. And if you're playing with multiple characters, Uh, Every time a character makes a decision within the story, they flip over their activation token and they're not allowed to make another decision until all of the other characters have made a decision as well. So if you're playing with numerous people, then it kind of makes sure that everybody gets to participate in creating the story and doing things within it. I played this game solo, but I created two different characters for myself to control. So I still used the activation tokens. And I tried to make sure that when I was making decisions with each character that I was sticking to like, their personality. Like, one of my people was definitely a little more reserved Mm -hmm. and a little more cautious, and the other one was a more gung-ho and, like, fighting and that kind of thing. So it helped me dictate decisions based on which character was the one making the call at any given point. Um, So I don't want to give away basically anything in the story (laughs) because... Well, there are definite spoilers, there's some other stuff as well. But basically, you're, uh, you've are you been tasked with solving a mystery of sorts uh, in the town that you're in. But there's a lot of little side quests and other things you can do. And during a playthrough, you won't see all of the content in the game. In fact, I honestly don't think I saw most of the content in the game during my playthrough. But there's a bunch of different like little side quest books and other things. And I... Uh, I, can't, I cannot tell you how much I love this game. It is so, 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 so fulfilling. I will say that I think if I was playing it with other people, I wouldn't have enjoyed it quite as much. And only because there's a lot of text. Mm-hmm. And when I was by myself, I can just read it. You know by myself i'm a pretty quick reader so i'm scanning through and just boom done with each piece but if i was doing this with a group and it had to be read out loud by every single player i think it would take a significantly longer amount of time to do and that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing but i would kind of just be like i want to see what happens <laughs> next and yeah. when i'm playing by myself i could just do that i yeah like i said this is not a game for people who want to win At all, I don't think. Like, if you go into this game expecting to win, you're potentially going to have a bad time. If you go into this game wanting a cool adventure that's kind of like an RPG but doesn't require a GM or even other players then this is the game for you 100%. And really if you liked choose your own adventure books as a kid, this is a no-brainer as well. This is ex- like this is just a more gamery version of a choose your own adventure book in the best way. Uh, the characters are also very diverse both in gender and sexual orientation potentially and I they're not necessarily overt in that way but like you can make decisions no matter what gender your character is, that are potentially romantic in nature. Um, So lots lots of diversity there, which is just appreciated in general because not a lot of games tend to have that. And this has it in spades. So I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm going to play through it again, probably soon, because (laughs) I want to see some of the stuff that I didn't get to see. And I didn't take detailed notes while I was playing for that reason, because I didn't Mm. want to specifically go through it again and make sure I picked everything different. I just want to be like, oh, I think I did this last time, so maybe I'll do this. But yeah, so that is Legacy of Dragonholt.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to try it. I don't know if I'd have time, though, but it sounds really cool. And I know Cassidy played through it and I think is playing through it again and also really enjoyed it. Uh, She played solo, I think, on her lunch breaks at work. That's what I was doing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was great because I just taking like an hour during my lunch break, I could usually Mm -hmm. get through what they consider to be a chapter in the story, because there are kind of some like little mini end points to certain like story arcs within the whole larger thing. And they very clearly tell you like, oh, that's the end of a chapter. You can write down this number and that's the number that you'll refer to in the book for the next part of it. But it's like, they give you some good stopping points. So you don't feel like you're stopping in the middle of the action. Cool. There is something that a lot of board game content creators do, and we have done a little bit in the past as well, and that is make lists (laughs) and not just board game people. The internet as a whole kind of has a little bit of an obsession with lists. Uh, Anyone who's been to the the website Buzzfeed knows that there's those, (laughs) those listicles with the tantalizing headlines. But what's funny is people like to hate on, you know, sites like Buzzfeed and other things, but there are actual psychological reasons why people love lists. So, Maybe BuzzFeed was just ahead of the rest of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I know I like lists because they're really easy to read or watch they're They're very easily digestible, so if I see oh top ten things, I can just look at what the things are and then okay, now I know <laughs> so it it's really fast to consume and there's there's actually some of the
0: psychology relates to that in that. Mm-hmm people feel like they're often busier than they actually are. And that's not to say people are not busy, but you, we often think that we're busier than we really are because we're trying to multitask. And lists, like, give you, they know, you know exactly what you're getting into when you get into them. Mm. If they say top 10 whatever's, then you know, oh, I'm going to read a list of 10 things. You know mm. when it's going to end. And so it's, and it's satisfying to do that, like to, to get to the end of a thing that you knew you were going to get to the end of. Mm. Uh, there's been a lot of articles published online as to why people like lists, so much. (laughs) And uh, I got a quote from a New Yorker uh, article online. It says, lists appeal to our general tendency to categorize things. In fact, it's hard for us not to categorize something the moment we see it, since they chunk information into short, distinct components. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the reason why we like lists so much.
1: Yeah. And that goes into board games, too. It's if you see a list of top 10 abstract games and you're looking for abstract games, then... That's a great resource for you when you're doing that. Especially
0: if said list is created by a content creator that you're already at least a little familiar with. So like Mm. if I'm looking at the Dice Tower's YouTube channel and I know that I like a lot of the games that Z Garcia likes already. And he puts out a list of top 10 abstract games like you Mm -hmm. just mentioned. I might be like, oh, well, I don't usually play a lot of abstract games, but I like the same stuff Z does. So it gives me a really good touch point. I could be like, oh, well, if he likes those games and I probably do, too, or at least mm-hmm. some of them. And I think it makes you it gives you a way to connect with uh, content creators and also find something comparable between you. So like, mm-hmm. oh, it's neat to know that other people like this thing that I like also. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a little long, but in that same New Yorker article, there was a really interesting thing. Um, So I'm going to read a quote from it again. In 2011, the psychologists Claude Messner and Michaela Wonk investigated what, if anything, could alleviate the so-called paradox of choice, the phenomenon that the more information and options we have, the worse we feel. They concluded that we feel better when the amount of conscious work we have to do in order to process something is reduced. The faster we decide on something, whether it's what we're going to eat or what we're going to read, the happier we become. So within the context of a webpage or a Facebook stream, or in our case, a list of board games, Uh, With many choices, a list is an easy pick because it promises a a definite ending. We think we know what we're in for, and the certainty of that is both alluring and reassuring. The more we know about something, including precisely how much time it will consume, the greater the chance that we'll commit to it. The process is self-reinforcing. We recall with pleasure that we were able to complete the task of reading the list instead of leaving it undone. And that satisfaction in turn makes us more likely to click on lists again, even the ones that we hate read. And I thought that was an interesting little thing at the end of that quote there. Like we do, a lot of people like to hate on lists, but Mm -hmm. there's reasons why we like them. It's not like, it's psychology. People, our brains (laughs) like lists. It's okay to like lists. I'm going to, Create a campaign. Lists for everyone. <laughs> like, it's not a bad thing to like a list.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Actually,
0: well, if, if people like lists so much, Andy, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, we've we figured that out, right? People like lists. Maybe, yeah. since it is our two-year anniversary, that's two years of board game content we've been making. That's a long time,
1: right? mm mm-hmm. Do you think the people so- deserve a list from us? Yeah, we could do another one, because we did have like a couple of lists before, and people we, were always asking for more. I mean, yeah, we've done some top <laughs> tens, but I'm thinking we go bigger
0: this time. Yeah. So, I guess now is the appropriate time to announce that as of today, we are officially releasing in video form our top 100 games of all time. Yay! (laughs) Totally spontaneously. Yes, we just decided it right now, and yet somehow the videos will start appearing today like magic. Uh, Obviously, we've been working on this for a little while, but we we figured this topic would kind of lend itself to the fact that we've done this. And we're going to release a video uh, also today that Mm -hmm. talks about how we, like, our process and how we got into it and what we've been doing to create them. And then the first 10 of each of our videos will release today as well. And then we'll be releasing the videos decided on what timeline we haven't yet. decided
1: yet we're gonna,
0: well, you'll be seeing more videos coming very soon they're they're made yeah. already they're done it's just a matter of when we want to put them out uh, we don't want to overwhelm you all we're definitely not putting them all out today uh, but yeah our 100 through 90 we each did individual oh sorry 100 through 11 we each did yeah. individual groups of 10 on our own and then our top 10 through one we actually recorded together so we mm-hmm. could discuss and you know like talk about our top 10 picks so it was really really fun for us to make and it was a huge project oh my gosh props to all of the other content creators that have done this already it's yes so much work <laughs> making I, lists is hard it is uh, and especially like for me like i haven't done a ton of video editing in a long time so getting back into that was a little bit of a thing for me but it was fun to do and Hopefully, people like it. (laughs) So, Ambi, what kind of process did you go through when you were creating your top 100 list?
1: I started logging plays in 2013 on BoardGameGeek. And so I looked through those plays, and I think I had like 600 to 700 different games logged. And I looked at that, and I was like, I'm not going to look through all of those. So I decided to filter to games that I've played at least two times, which got it down to like 240 games or something. Uh, That means that a lot of the escape room games, and games that I've just tried out and don't own, will not make it on the list, because I've only played those once. But uh, yeah, so I filtered to two games, or two plays, and then I looked at all those and just did a quick ranking based on my feeling of the game from one to five, where one is the best and five is the worst. And it turned out that the ones through threes was about 120 games. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good amount. And then I put that in pubmeeple.com has a board game ranking engine where you put a list of games in and then it gives you two at a time and you click which one's better. And it keeps doing that until they're all ranked. So I did that (laughs) with my filtered out list. What about you?
0: (laughs) So I only started uh tracking my plays at the beginning of 2017 as our Mm -hmm. listeners know because it was my new year's resolution for 2017 and i've continued it in 2018 so i've been tracking all of my plays since january of 2017 but that obviously is not representative of all of the board games i've played since i've been playing (laughs) modern games since 2007 uh i kind of wish that i had started logging sooner and it's funny because people make fun of me for logging my plays but when it comes (laughs) to making a list like this holy moly is it helpful Uh, (laughs) So I used what board games I had logged along with my personal collection along with my oh gosh poor memory of other things um and I typed them all out and I did also use pub but I made the mistake of putting like 300 games into pub meeple
1: yeah that's...
0: oh no 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 never do that never 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 and I didn't realize how much of a mistake it was until I was already like a third of the way through and at that point I had um I just was like, I'm not going to give up on this, which was a mistake. Should have started over at that point and just put in less games. But it took me, I don't actually know how much time it took me to rank everything because I did it on and off for an entire day. Like I would literally be <laughs> on my computer for a while wow. ranking things and then I would go do something else and then I'd come back and keep doing it. So over the course of like eight to 10 hours, I got it done, but I don't—I wasn't doing it that whole time. <laughs> but it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then I took you know, the top hundred that it gave me. And I actually switched out a couple after the fact because I oh, realized, yeah, I yeah, like there was some stuff that I wanted to mess with. And then um, I actually did the rankings a little bit before I started making my videos. And I played a couple new things, like Legacy of Dragonhold <laughs> after I made the list. And yeah. ooh, that one had to be on the list. So I had to sh- shuffle some things around for that. It's funny though, because I think you and I both struggled with, Like, it feels, it's weird. Our lists in the grand scheme of life mean nothing, really. They (laughs) don't. Like, me saying this is my 27th favorite game of all time, it doesn't mean anything. But yet it feels like such a concrete thing that, Mm. like, we've been stressing about which games we put on the list, and this game's ahead of that game, and oh no, are people going (laughs) to judge me for putting this game on the list? And it's so weird, but I feel like other people probably go through similar feelings when they create theirs.
1: Yeah, I- I'm usually really bad at picking favorites and ranking things, so I actually had to have Toby for the Pub Meeple Step watching me and helping me, because otherwise I would just be like, I don't know, for 10 minutes or something, and he's like, just pick one now. <laughs> so uh, That's a loving husband that he, like, can force you to
0: make a decision.
1: Yeah, the ranking coach. <laughs> the
0: ranking coach, that's a good title. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I did notice that some games that I think of similarly ended up next to each other just because of the way I was thinking of it at the time when I was clicking on the things and then probably if I did it the next day it would be ranked differently <laughs> so yeah it,
0: that kind that of happened not me a lot. as well like I, te- I, I have like games of a particular type that kind of showed up in similar areas of my list like there were a couple push your luck games that kind of ended up near each other and some mm-hmm. other things like that. So Yeah. that to me makes me feel like the list is pretty genuine in that regard. Cause obviously if that's a style of game I like, but I don't like it more or less than particular <laughs> things. Like it makes sense for yeah. those games to show up near each other. But I guess our caveat is that obviously this list is for one moment in time <laughs> and is subject to change and probably has already changed yep. since we made them. So uh, we hope nobody freaks out over what <laughs> games are or aren't on our list. Oh, that's another thing. I'm almost positive I've forgotten at least a couple. Like I, Because of my lack mm-hmm. of tracking, I know that there's got to be at least a couple of games that I played prior to 2017 that maybe just haven't come back into my rotation mm-hmm. in that time that I've just spaced off and forgotten. So, oh, also... <laughs> TI 4 <laughs> is not on my list, and I don't want Roy Candidate to freak out. <laughs> but, like, I've only played it once, and I don't feel like I know it well enough yet. So, that's how I yeah. didn't make the list. It's not because I don't like it, <laughs> but I just, I know people are going to be like, wait, where's TI? Like, yeah. like Crystal likes thematic space games. How could it not be there? So, I'm just going to say right now, it ain't on the list. That's not a slight on it at all. It's a great game. I just don't know it well enough yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I filtered to two plus ga- plays because of that reason. And a lot of games that I think I might like a lot won't make it on the list because of that. So. Yeah. I, th- I think there might be a
0: couple of games on my list that are one play only but I think for the mm. most part, my entire list is two-plus plays as well, Yeah. So, which is, I think, important. Although mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like you can know whether you love a game after a single play. Some yeah. people say that that's not true, but I don't believe that. I think you might not understand its complete depth after a single play, but generally, like I know for the most part how much I like a thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: after a single play. Not always, but a lot yeah. of the time.
1: Yeah, but then it might change over time, and then it's like,
0: <laughs> that's true. But, yeah. So hopefully uh. everybody doesn't judge us too harshly, <laughs> and hopefully they find them fun to watch. I we had yeah. fun making them, even though it was a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> so I guess that's our surprise for our two-year anniversary that we've surprise! been talking. Yeah, we've been talking about the fact that we were doing something for quite some time, but we really haven't told anybody that we were doing it. And also, I'm bad at keeping secrets, so I'm glad that I was able to not spill the beans to our like Patreon Slack channel or anything, because I want to tell them everything, but in this case, I wanted to keep it a surprise. For this week's etymology segment, I'm going to look at the origins of the word LIST. The English noun list, meaning catalog consisting of names in a row or series, originated in the 16th century and came from the late 13th century Middle English word list spelled with an E at the end, which meant border, edging, or stripe. That word can be traced back to the old French word of the same spelling, which also meant border, band, row, group, or strip of paper, And from the Old Italian, lista, which meant border, strip of paper, or list. Wait, lista meant list. We're we're getting back into this whole cyclical thing with the (laughs) definitions meaning the word, and I don't know. Both the Old French and Old Italian words can be traced further back to the Germanic lista and the Old Norse lista. And those words find their roots in the Proto-Germanic liston, which came from the Proto-Indo-European root lized. L-E-I-Z-D, which meant border or band. Will knowing the origins of the word list make making a list any easier? Well, let's hope it at least increases the enjoyment you get out of discovering our lists of our top 100 games in the coming weeks.
1: And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz! Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages including our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Board Game Geek Guild. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Super Hot is a new card game based on the best-selling first-person shooter video game with the same name, in which time moves only when you move. Super Hot's unique game mechanisms have been ported over to the tabletop, and the game is available today from Gray Fox Games. Gray Fox Games. Quality games. Cleverly crafted. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to show us a little love, you can become a patron for as little as $1 a month. Just head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our patrons get a lot of benefits, including access to our private Slack channel, where you can chat with us directly anytime. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Check out the other shows in the network by visiting dicetowernetwork.com. Until next time, happy Blitz Day to us, happy Blitz Day to us. Happy Blitz Day to everyone. Happy Blitz Day to us. Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: So, Ambie, what kind of process did you go through when you were creating your top 100 list?
1: Wait, sorry. I have to look at my notes. (laughs) I have it written down. Oh, dang. Um, I know this song. (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: Shocked. <laughs> I was like, I did, was gonna come up with something more clever, but I don't know. I guess I could have done like the Beatles, like they say it's your blood stain, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: this seemed apropos. If you're enjoying the podcast and want us to show, the want, want, want us <laughs> wicca, to show, wicca, <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, okay. So at the end of our last episode, we gave out a an alliterative clue that we wanted everybody to guess and we got quite a few guesses in through various channels uh and we got some very interesting incorrect
1: guesses
0: well i wouldn't say very interesting but we got some incorrect (laughs) guesses as well as some correct ones
1: yeah so the clue last time was retheming a matt leacock co-op game for frantic black and white animals
0: and so some of the (laughs) guesses we got that weren't quite right were panicked penguin pandemic uh and pandemonium panda pandemic
1: put those together and yeah i said the they're real close because the, the actual the
0: correct answer was panicked panda pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> so we did have some people guess that so congratulations to you if you guessed right uh obviously this is silly and not you know doesn't mean anything but let's give you another one and see how y'all do so for this coming week, we want you to re-theme a classic roll-and-move game for enormous city-destroying primates. Good luck, everyone!